sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday. Doug, what's going on in the news? Well... You know, I, I heard a statement earlier today when I was driving in, um, and uh, it, it had to do with uh, this, uh, you know, murder of uh, this young lady mm-hmm. that's been in all in the news. And you and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday, but they were talking about Brian Laundrie, I, I guess, is the suspect now, uh, who was the boyfriend. And they said, the FBI's most wanted guy. And I just thought for a second, I thought, wow, um, that's the FBI's most wanted guy. Um, and you look at every day murders happen all over this country. Lots of murders, not just one here, one there. I mean, like there are murders everywhere. And, um, for some reason, I don't. It's bizarre to me. You know, I was talking to you about it the other day. How they they've kind of been cap. It's almost like it's a deflection because it's on every news channel, and I don't know whether it's to deflect from Afghanistan, whether it's to deflect from the southern border, uh, what's going on with the president who is not taking questions because his handlers won't let him take questions. Uh, but there's something going on because that, if you look at all the news cycles everywhere, that's the dominating thing right now. This guy who apparently killed his fiance or girlfriend, it's tragic. It's awful. I'm not saying that it's not. But you, you would think that this guy had killed 50 women, the, the kind of news coverage that they've given it. I mean, uh, it's it's insane and i'm just it's does it not strike you as weird mm, not really i mean it it seems is it just that we're so voyeuristic as a nation that we kind of we sell a story or the news media sells a story and kind of that's what they've been tracking they've decided that's an important news story for america this guy and this girl and the family but it happens all the time this is a this is not an isolated incident Men kill women, women kill men. They, they've done that through, I mean, look at, go look at murder rates and look at, the, read, just read uh, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend murders, all kinds of stuff like that over the last five years. You'll see lots of stories that did not get the kind of coverage just has gotten. Yeah, I mean, but uh, what's his name in, in Denver got, covered pretty heavily who killed his wife and two children um anytime i I, and both those i think you see is it's not a cut and paste right like there's the the body's gone the person's missing for a little bit and i think that's what kind of gets people involved uh you know or kind of gets people intrigued is that there's an element of mystery behind it even though we you know you got a good idea of what uh is happening and i i think you know 
I mean, Columbine was shown pretty heavily. Um, and so I think there's just certain things that the media latches onto. And it really seems more like it's a throwback to uh, an era where there wasn't as many terrible things happening in the country, you know, where so, you know, when Columbine happened, you know, it just wasn't the same, right? Or if you go pre-9-11, something like this to happen, well, you know, there's just not a lot of news. And so they talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. But as you say, there's a whole lot of other issues that are going on and that could have an... That know. have more of a national impact. That's yeah. all I'm mm-hmm. saying. I'm I was saying- just going to say an existential impact, yeah, that we're kind of not really paying attention to. And so the the media seems like it's acting like, you know, it was back in simpler times, I guess you could say. Yeah, and so I, I just... I see that. And, you know, if you're just tuning in, we generally take the first segment and we talk about what's happening in our world, uh, looking at it from a Christian worldview, kind of looking at things that are going on on a national level and, you know, just taken back by this this story that has just dominated the, uh, I don't know. I think another reason it, it does it is it hits on a more personal level, right? I mean, everybody's had a... Um, a significant one, well, I guess maybe not everybody, but most people have had a significant other and, you know, you trust that person and then it goes wrong. I think especially, you know, I'm, you know, I don't want to speak for all women, but I know like my sister will talk about, Oh man, that would be like the worst thing to happen. Right. So I, I could see why maybe on that level there is an interest. Um, but like, like you say, there's a lot going on right now. Um, and I guess if you, it depends on where you're looking for your news too, I think is if you're seeing a lot, I think a lot of cable news, 24 hours stuff is probably running with it pretty heavy, but I mean, I don't watch that anymore. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, you know, if you look, I mean, like, uh, th- there's other things going on that are just, I think more that, that really are more newsworthy. Not that this not tragic when somebody loses a child again, it happens a lot. But there's, I mean, there's things going on in our world right. at large. But then again, they're not taking some of those things seriously either. I mean, if you look at what's going on in the southern border, like the the biggest rage is, oh, there's whips that were being used when those were clearly reins from a horse, right? And they didn't strike anybody. But instead of talking about, you know, you know, the Haitian uh, plight and kind of what's going on there is like, oh, these are um, people beating you know, these poor immigrants and well, that's not really what's happening. And instead of dealing with it in a serious way, they're dealing with it that way. And I, I feel like most of these issues are kind of going to get dealt with if they deal with them at all in a, in a non-serious way, in a way that's not helpful to helping the public come up with, you know, thoughts on the matter or, or what should be done moving forward. Well, uh, you know, one of the things, I don't know if you were picked up on the fact that uh, there's prominent women athletes now that are arguing pro-abortion yeah. Yeah. Uh, for women to be involved in sports. I mean, they can't be involved in sports if they're pregnant. Yeah, and, you know, I think two of the biggest leads on that were, are, uh, you know, open lesbians, right? So, like, I, Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, like, so... So here's what's going on. You got the LGBTQ revolution, uh, which is trying to push a pro-abortion agenda so that women will not be cheated out of their ability to participate in sports. And everybody just, nobody's really questioning that. Nobody's really scratching their heads going, wait a minute, what's wrong with that picture? 
Yeah, it's an asinine statement uh, for sure. And, you know, again, with the whole abortion thing, and there, there's no talk of responsibility of what you're supposed to do, uh, you know, by keeping your pants on, right? There, there's no talk of that. And it's all, oh, well, this is so terrible because uh, X, Y, or Z. And so they, there's no talking about, okay, there's other ways not to get pregnant, one. Two, and then obviously we're, we're conflating the life within the mother as being part of the mother's body, Right. So mm. that's those are two different issues. But it is curious that the LGBT uh, mafia has something to say so strongly about abortion. Right. Because it's something that clearly will never affect them. No. And, and you know what's funny is uh, if you think about what's the dividing line for the way the country has viewed abortion, what would you say is the dividing line for our country? Like, like, like. Uh, like if you were to think about abortion in our country being recognized and and uh, upheld, as, oh, as like a, Roe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roe v. Mm-hmm. Wade, right? Yeah. Seventy three. Mm-hmm. So prior to seventy three, most people believed that you know you you shouldn't do that. I mean, it was a bad thing to take the life of an unborn child. And you know, people did you know back alley abortions. That yeah, was kind of did. why they it's said it's not that, that they, they didn't do it, it, but they. That was the dividing line. It wasn't the stance of our government. No. And after that, the courts, not the legislature, they didn't pass a law. They never passed a law ever. There's they've never passed a law saying that it was right to do that. Only the Supreme Court ruling. So now why is there such a backlash? Why are you seeing all these people starting to speak out? Because there is actually a fear. That. The same thing would reverse what happened in 73 and people going forward, the courts would say, you know what, maybe we overstepped our bounds here and we need to limit that. This is not a good thing. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it's some uh, a little bit of a obviously it's a it's a uh, sacred cow to the left. Right. And to the secular position of abortion is. But if you really look at the the law in Texas, uh, first off, there's no enforcement mechanism except for civil uh, suits by uh, citizen individuals, so the government's not enforcing it, and it's not a ban on an abortion; it's it's limiting it, right? Because yeah. you can still get an abortion yeah. in that state, and so I wonder if some of the manu the the uh, the outrage over it is maybe to influence courts, yeah. um, or at least to influence public opinion as a way to put some pressure on the court to say, hey, you know, don't you do, don't you go around thinking that maybe one day you can get rid of Roe. So, um, but again, when it's part of their their religion, I guess you're going to see that type of uh, uh, outcry regardless, right? Because, yeah. I, you know, it's child sacrifice is, you know, a staple in a lot of uh, pagan religions, and that's the same with uh, secularism here in the United States, but that's just my thoughts on it. Well, I, I, I want to, uh, real quick before we go to break, bring up in Tennessee, uh, there was a high school, um, a high school football players uh in tennessee led parents and fans in a prayer after the local game um because they had prohibited teachers and coaches from leading the students and there was this mass gathering on the field and uh it was really great that uh the baxter and stone players so that was the two high schools for their faith and courage uh they got together and they prayed even though they said the teachers couldn't And so there's nothing that keeps people from doing that. And I just, 
Kudos to them. Or did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. That's kind of yeah. cool. We, we can talk about it when we come back from the break before we get into acts today. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, as we do usually, we talk in the first segment of the program about what's going on in the news. Uh, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, Tennessee. There was a, um, a high school football team who led the team, uh, the opposing team, and the people in the stands after the game in prayer after, um, was it a court that ruled or was it the district no i think it was the district that ruled uh it basically what happened is um the they uh, a school district a local school district prohibited the teachers and coaches from leading the students in prayer uh now keep in mind this is in tennessee i mean traditionally a fairly conservative state you would you think um and so there's a high school called Upperman High School in Stone Memorial, um, and the prayer basically was the, the administrators of the schools told their staff they could not lead the students in prayer, and so uh, they the, there was a group called Americans United for Separation of Church and State had written to the school earlier this year, saying there have been people praying and proselytizing at various school events. And, you know, the courts have consistently ruled that prayer cannot be sponsored by schools or school personnel, which is really bogus anyway. Um, The schools issued a statement to the outlet saying, as a district, we understand the importance of prayer, but they told them they couldn't do it. And and so the students did it. Yeah, that uh, I don't know if you knew this. This That happened at Bartram when I was a player there. Um, There was uh, some controversy. It, It hit the news a little bit. And. Uh, basically our head coach used to lead the players in, in prayer after practice and after a game, and uh, someone complained about that. And then so that was kind of end up being the stance of uh, the team moving forward that a, a player would lead the prayer. 
Well, uh, I don't know. Because it was summer, people may have been gone. Our governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, um, passed a bill um, this summer and signed a bill that said um, that it's important, prayer is something that's important to be able to provide each student the ability every day to be able to reflect and to be able to pray as they see fit. And so... He signed that bill this summer, and so now uh, that's that should be enacted in the state of Florida in schools, that mm. they have two minutes to reflect and pray every day. Oh, wow. Did that's you cool. know that? No, I did not. You know, yeah. when you uh, teach virtually, you yeah, don't well, well, have Well, but, you know, that's interesting, isn't it, that Governor DeSantis passed that, and uh, it, I think it was back, uh, it's HB 529. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, HB 529, no, yeah, it is. HB 529 is um, requires that a minute or two of reflection every day. And that, that's, I think it's great uh, that they have that time in the morning. So uh, anyway, yeah, kudos to those students because they prayed anyway. Yeah, it was pretty cool that the uh, others, uh, the other team joined them, and the people in the stands did as well. Which uh, you know, that was not something that happened when I was in high school. So that's that, that is pretty cool aspect of the story. Yeah, it uh, doesn't always work out that way, but it did this time. And uh, kudos to those students. Hey, well, this week uh, we have been in Acts chapter eight, looking at persecution, and um, Monday and yesterday we really looked at this whole idea about if you follow Jesus and are part of his family, you will be persecuted. And we see that uh, in, as we look at Acts 1 and 1 through 3, we see that uh, the church was scattered because of this persecution, and the persecution was actually good. We looked at Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. looked at Daniel chapter 6, Daniel himself, how even though they were persecuted, it ended up being a very, very good thing. Because both kings, both Darius and Daniel 6 and Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel 3, made proclamations honoring God, the God of Israel, the God of Daniel, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, it was because they went through persecution. And what happened in Acts chapter 8 is we see Saul, who was persecuting, and it said he was ravaging the church going and arresting men and women, dragging them off. And the word ravaging was only used in Acts chapter 8, verse 3. Uh, It's the only time it was used in the New Testament. It means like a wild animal tearing apart a body. And so Saul was literally trying to tear apart the body of Christ. But remember what Jesus told the disciples when he was at uh, Caesarea Philippi? He says, hey, the gates of Hades are not going to prevail. And gates are defensive. Christians aren't defensive. We're offensive, right? We're supposed to be on the move. And so what happens is they scatter. The apostles stayed in Jerusalem, it says, except the apostles. They were all scattered except for them. And in Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, we're going to see Philip, not Philip the apostle, but Philip who was in Acts chapter 6, one of the seven chosen to help take care of the widows, a Hellenistic Jew who is going to become Philip the evangelist, okay? And he is going to go into Samaria 
And that's a very significant thing. So I'm going to have Taylor read verses four through eight. And um, as he reads that, uh, I want actually just go ahead and read one through eight. It's not that long. Read one through eight. And we're going to look specifically at four through eight. And keep in mind that um, these uh, these people who are being scattered, Stephen, I'm sorry, Philip is just one story. It's not like he's special. He's one guy of all these people, 8,000 people scattered, and he's one. So this was going on. This is how God uh, spread the church. So go ahead and uh, read Acts 8, 1 through 8. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great, and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. Much joy. And the much joy comes from salvation. That is a fruit of salvation. And so as you listened to what Taylor read, did you notice in verse 4, after when, when, he, when Taylor was reading about the persecution aspect, that it said, now those who were scattered went about preaching. It doesn't list anybody's name at first. It, those who were scattered. That's just a bunch of nobodies trying to tell everybody about the somebody who can really change a soul. That's a song by mm-hmm. Casting Crowns. And, you know, there's just a bunch of people out there who are being scattered. And it says they went about preaching the word. Now, if you go to Acts chapter 8, verse 4, where I just read from, and you look at that text um, and and look at verse 4, that word preach there, and um, it, it says preaching the word in the Greek, if you read it literally, it, it, it would, uh, it would say this. It would say the ones indeed um, then having been sown thoroughly went through telling good news or good message of the word. The word is logos, right? We know logos is the Greek word for the word. Jesus says when Jesus says, I, you know, in the beginning was the logos. You know what we get from the word logos? Logo. It's a mm-hmm. symbol. Mm-hmm. So So when Luke writes this, he's very specific in the words that he used. And the word that he used for for preaching the preaching is actually, if it's literally telling the good message or the good news. Now, when we hear good news, what word do we think about? Gospel? Yeah. That's it's it's euangelion, euangelizo. Uh, it, it has different um, euangelizomoi, manoi. 
I mean, like, so there's different variations of it, but it, mm-hmm. it's the same root word, euangelizo. And uh, if you look at euangelizo, that word, uh, good news, has a, a biblical reference to understand. Because what you want to do when you're trying to look through the Bible and understand context, if a word is used in one place, you want to go to another. So what are they preaching? Are they telling people that Jesus resurrected? Are they telling people that Jesus died when it says they're preaching the good news of the word? Well, Romans 10 uses that word. Let's go to Romans 10 real quick. If you go to Romans 10, verse 14, some of you may be familiar with this passage. In Romans 10, 14... uh, You want me to read it? Yeah, just read Romans 10 and read verse 14... Um. Uh, down to just 14 and uh, 15. All right. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Okay. When it says how beautiful are the feet of... In the literal Greek of the telling good message, it's the same kind of it's the same word, euangelizo, but it's in a, again in a different format, but it's the same word. And here's what's interesting: you wouldn't know this if you didn't know uh, Hebrew culture and really Roman culture around the time of Christ. When um, we we get the word euangelion from it. Uh, and for somebody to euangelizo or euangelion the good news, to preach the good news, that word was only used in one of three situations. One was when a new emperor was going to be coronated. One was when a new emperor was born. Another one was when an, an emperor had a great military victory. Though That was the only time somebody euangelion or euangelizo the good news that was the good news so when we come back i want to expand that a little bit and talk about it i know we got to go to news break but that's a really important point we need to dig into yeah all right so stick with us we will be back with more after the news before we go we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors ace door and window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors tom neal trucking and a special thanks to jeff andrews of highway to eternity ministries if you would like to sponsor the program please email us at doug at swatradio.com that's doug d-o-u-g at swatradio.com you are listening to swat radio stay tuned we will be back with more after the news Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Even If by Mercy Me. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8 this week. Uh, Earlier in the week, we looked at verses 1 through 4, and today we are looking at verses 4 through 8. Just before the break, Doug was talking about what the good news means in 
um, what it meant in Roman culture at the time and why it's significant to us today and something that we kind of miss uh, without that uh, historic context. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really important. I had never been taught this. I mean, when you hear the good news, like if somebody asks you, what is the gospel? The gospel means good news, right? You've heard that, so mm-hmm. you knew that when I asked you. But it did, had you, other than when you heard it at SWAT, had you heard about Euangelion or mm-hmm. Euangelizo? Mm-hmm. Right? So that word in the Roman culture, in which that was a Greek word, that was the, the person would stand up on a street. They had this little square that they would stand on any time. The only time that the good news could be proclaimed was about the emperor. That's when that word was used about a Rome or a, 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 a emperor's victory about an emperor's birth or an emperor's coronation. Now that's significant that that's what's used to talk about preaching the good news about Jesus and to go. If, if remember, we just read in Romans chapter 10, you read a quote from Isaiah now, if you go to the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Hebrew Old Testament, right? The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. And and so the Greek translation of that, if you go to Isaiah 52, which Paul is quoting here, and read that, you get a de- definition of good news, what the good news is. That's why Paul is quoting. He says, how beautiful is the feet of those that euangelion or euangelizo who who bring the good news. So go back and read Isaiah 52, verse 7, and you get that quote, and then he expounds upon what that good news is. Okay. 52, verse 7. How, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Okay, four things there. Happiness, peace, salvation, which is a deliverance, right? Salvation is deliverance from a a penalty or deliverance. Somebody who is destined to die and they're delivered. That's salvation. They bring salvation to them. But then notice the last thing you said was what? Who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your God reigns. That is kingship. How often do you hear that aspect of the gospel presented? Mm. People talk about peace. Mm -hmm. People talk about happiness. People talk about salvation, being delivered from the penalty of sin. But we don't talk about lordship. We don't talk about kingship. Uh, People have made the claim today that lordship, if you bring that up during the gospel presentation, then you're clouding the issue. You're making people uh, believe they have to do something. No, that doesn't change. His saviorhood and lordship are two sides of one coin. You can't knowingly receive Jesus as Savior and reject him as Lord. You can't. Yeah. Uh, now, you may not understand every aspect of what his lordship means in your life, but, you know, I've had people come up to me and say, well, do, if I follow Jesus, does it mean i got to give up and fill in the blank, put whatever what you want there? 
Well, I don't know, does it? That's between you and him. It's not my position to tell you that. He's your king, not me. I'm not your king. My, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the church pastor isn't your king. The elders aren't your king. Jesus is king. He reigns. Your God reigns. And by his reigning, he is in control. He is over you. And if you have not surrendered to that, then you don't really know what his saviorhood is. So you, you see, we, we've been sold a bill of goods that, well, I can just believe in the facts about Jesus dying on the cross and I'm saved, right? I just believe in, and, and we're going to see next week on the air, we talked about it today at SWAT, and we're going to talk about it at tomorrow's SWAT, Friday SWAT, but next week on the air, we're going to look at one of the first false believers. I mean, he wasn't the first. Judas was mm-hmm. the first, but he... Simon, the magician, was not a true believer, but it says he believed, he was baptized, he followed Philip, he was he was in a discipleship relationship, but he wasn't a believer, even though he believed. And you go, well, wait a minute, it says he believed. Yeah, the, the issue is not that he believed, it's what he believed. And, and you can't buy into just part of the gospel, part of the good news. The whole thing, he reigns, he's king, he saved you, he died on the cross, he was resurrected, he lives today, and he's king. You cannot reject his kingship and say you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You can't. I mean, you can, but you're not his follower. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about it, like maybe from a historical lens, obviously the Catholic Church um, was all about you, you do this, you know, traditionalism, right? You do these things, and then that led to people thinking, oh, if I do that, that means I'm saved. And so there was obviously a pushback during the Reformation of, um, you know, actually having to believe and it seems almost that uh for a lot of people it's gone to just an emotional experience and just you know that to say that well you know you don't need to do anything you can be a follower of christ and you know frequent frequent the brothels well you can well you can do whatever you want because he's not king yeah see that's part of the issue is we have made the gospel so human-centered that and and listen, there have been well-meaning people. I'm not saying their intentions were bad, uh, but we create tracks, and God sovereignly will allow even these tracks, even though I believe they might be misguided. They're very human-centered, but because we start with the question, well, you know what? God has a wonderful plan for your life, and and it almost comes across like you know, if you follow Jesus, everything's going to work out. Which it makes it about you and not about Him, not about God. The, the way we should start is that God created us for a relationship with him. We've rebelled against that. It starts with God, not with me, not with you. It starts with him. And so, and and as we work through this, you look, it says, those who were scattered were preaching this message, the euangelizo. They were, they were out there preaching the good news, which was our God reigns, there's salvation, there's peace, and there's happiness. And notice where they're preaching. Philip went down. They just pick one story. Luke picks one story. He picks Philip, this guy who goes to Samaria, and he proclaimed to them the Christ. Why is that significant? Because the Jews hated Samaritans. And so, first of all, we see Philip as a Jew going to a people that the Jews hated. If you took what's going on in our country between races, multiplied it a thousand times, 
you still wouldn't get close to the way the Jews hated the Samaritans because their hatred wasn't just about an ethnic difference. It was about they believed they were pagans. They believed they had violated God's trust. They had intermarried with Assyrians. They had worshipped idols. They detested them. And here Philip goes down and he shares the good news with them about the Christ, the Messiah, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him, and they saw the signs he did. So there was accompanying signs that authenticated he was from God, and unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice, it says, came out of many, many who were paralyzed or lame were healed, and there was much joy in the city. So you see... All these supernatural things happen, which are authenticating him. Why? He, they didn't have the New Testament then. They didn't have the completed word of God. They had the Old Testament, which was their scriptures, which foretold about him. But God authenticated the word through him as he was proclaiming. And guess what was going on? He's fulfilling what the Lord Jesus, the master, the king said in Acts eight. When he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And here they are. And so, um, and I think it's interesting that the first place Jesus revealed himself as Messiah was to the woman at the well in Samaria. Hmm. Did you know that? I mean, like, that's the first time he revealed himself there. Yeah, and that's interesting because it it was the Samaritan woman, too, that he said, you know, about scraps from the table, right? No, 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 that's a different one. That's the. But Sy- I'm saying that, that that's a Syrophoenician woman. Oh, it wasn't a Samaritan. No, no, the okay. Samaritan woman. Uh, I was going to say that's to make... interesting. The no, 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 no. that is no, two different no, Samaritan no, no, women. No, 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 the Syro- that was the Syrophoenician woman. But the Samaritan woman said, uh, "Hey, you know, you Jews worship in Jerusalem because the Samaritans weren't allowed to where you really worship there." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Listen, it's not about a place; it's about me and the Father." And so uh, it says they proclaimed the Christ. The word proclaimed is caruso, which means to proclaim urgently and loudly. And I just wonder if you're listening out there, when's the last time you proclaimed urgently with anybody? When's the last time you, you urgently and loudly told somebody about Jesus? You were excited. Listen, this past weekend we got a chance to go uh, give some food away. And, and help people who were in need. And we got a chance to share the gospel. Not everybody wanted to hear it. But the guys that were doing it, we were excited. We were excited to tell them about spiritual food in Jesus and to proclaim urgently with them, listen, this is important. And so uh, the people that said paid attention to what was being said. Why? They saw... Philip believed what he said. Now, why is that significant? Because Philip probably saw Stephen martyred, and it Mm. didn't dissuade him. In fact, it probably intensified his desire to tell people um, because he probably witnessed Stephen forgiving people that were were stoning him. So I, I, I just, you know, I think that's an important point for us to remember is that we're called to proclaim. If we're not proclaiming, we're probably not being persecuted. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, people aren't, they don't care if we don't tell. 
95 percent of the people in this country call themselves christians have never shared the gospel with anybody and why is that well i think we're going to see next week when we talk about simon there's a lot of people that believe something but they don't believe in jesus messiah king and savior Hmm. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. I'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online wherever you are in the country or around the world, and all of you local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is one 844 777-7928 that's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT you can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the internet by accessing www.swatradio.com we'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. There I was on death row Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on That is David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8 this week. Today we're focusing, excuse me, on verses 4 through 8. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, Doug, I did have a question that uh, I was wondering about. How do we know that this Philip is not, you know, which Philip he is? Well, because uh, this Philip was a Hellenistic Jew. I mean, that was part of the 12. I mean, I'm sorry, that was part of this Acts chapter 6, okay? Um, If you go to... um, you know, you go back to Acts chapter 6, and you see he, this Philip is selected by the 12, right? Mm-hmm. So you know he's not one of the 12, if he's selected by the 12, right? Right, but one of the 12's name is Philip, right? Yeah. Yeah, so how do we know that when they're saying Philip here, they're yeah. not talking about one of the 12, and, and they're talking about the one that... Because one, the apostles... Stayed in Jerusalem? No. Yeah, yeah. They did say, it says the apostles. Remember, there's big A apostles, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go back to Acts chapter 6, it says, you know, and you look at what was going on. Remember, there were the, the widows were complaining, and the 12 summoned the full number of disciples and said, it's not right 
that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. So Philip would have been in that group, right? Philip, the Philip, the apostle would have been in that group of people who said we shouldn't give up preaching the word to serve tables. So what they did is they picked out seven men of good repute. So the apostles picked uh, the first one is Stephen and then and Philip and Prochorus. So Philip, the apostle, picked Philip, the guy who would serve here. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was just wondering, you know, if in the text, you know, where it talks about Philip and then later it talks about the Ethiop- him and the Ethiopian eunuch, like if there's indications that it's what that it differentiates which, which Philip it is. And I was wondering. Wait, well, yeah. Well, you got to go back to where it says the apostles stayed. stayed in, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, the 12 stayed in Jerusalem. And, and the other indicator is when Philip was in Samaria, it says the apostles sent Peter and John mm. to validate mm. what now, if they, Need why right. they they are he was already apostle yeah. they, they didn't need an apostolic validation if he was an apostle does that make sense yep but it's a great question though because you know you can't just make assumptions you want to make sure that the text indicates those things but the text I think clearly indicates that the apostle Peter I'm sorry the apostle Philip was one of the ones that chose mm-hmm. Philip. And then that Philip was uh, who was serving is now Philip the Evangelist. Yeah. Well, I, and I guess we're going to be getting into that here uh, in the weeks to come because that's coming into the text. But I was just, you were talking about that. And yeah, we'll get into that. There was going to be some confusion for people. With like, well, well it, is, it is confusing, and that's a great question. But uh, if you look, it, it's pretty clear that there had to be, and we're going to, you know, we cover that this weekend SWAT, that there was some uh apostolic endorsement mm-hmm. of the Samaritans being welcomed into the body of Christ and that they wouldn't need to have needed to send Peter and John if Philip was Philip the apostle. Right. Yeah. Cause the apostles played a very special role in the body of Christ. That's why there, there are no apostles today, big a, there can be sent ones little a, but not like those 12, those 12 had a very unique role in the body of Christ. Yeah, so for that's sure. a great question, yeah. though. But all right, cool. Well, that is what I had. <laughs> if anyone else has questions, we would love to have you call in. I think I already said the number, but I'm going to say it again just because we really want to let you know. We would love to hear from you, and that number is one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Again, one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or if you're uh, shy of talking, you can send us your email at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask a s k at swatradio.com. Uh, you know, th- this is uh, it's a really great study to see how, remember, the whole, uh, the week started off with us talking about persecution. It's been around for a long time, and it's a positive thing. We don't always see it as positive, but it's a positive thing. And in this way, it was spreading the word. God was fulfilling his uh, his strategy of going to Judea and Samaria by the uh, persecution. And, you know, even I, I think I've shared this before on here, but one time a Chinese pastor was asked, you know, what can we pray for you? You know, like, and most people would think who was in prison, he said, think you could pray for release or pray for that. We wouldn't be tortured. He said, pray that we'd be faithful. 
that's what they want. They want to be faithful to Christ. And um, really that should be all of our prayers that we, that, that we, that we would be faithful people, even in the midst of hostility. I was talking with a brother earlier and we're just talking about what a difficult year and a half, two years it's been all the vitriol in the air, the hostility, um, the, the broken relationships, the fear, the uh, political divisiveness, the racial divisiveness, the uh, just the, the there's been a what I would say is a, a kind of a general spirit of oppression in our country, and you know I haven't handled it well. Uh, Lori and I are, we we deal with the the uh, consequences of my failures in our relationship. I'm sure a lot of people out there are struggling with stuff. But we got to remember who the real enemy is. The real enemy is not our spouse or our children. Uh, the real enemy is Satan who manipulates people to hurt people. He wants to hurt you. If you're God's, you're trying to do God's work or you want to follow God, he is trying to hurt you and hurt the witness you have for Jesus. You can rest assured. So whether the persecution is direct persecution by military or Law enforcement coming to arrest you for doing something they say is wrong when you share the gospel. Or whether it's simply Satan twisting things and making things so that you get hindered from sharing the gospel. If you're his, if you follow Jesus and are part of his family, you're going to be persecuted. And if you stop proclaiming Jesus or you're not proclaiming Jesus as Messiah and proclaiming his word, then he's successful. I mean, he's successful, uh, and that's his goal. His goal is to inhibit you from doing those things. And so, do you think you know you're talking about you know proclaiming uh, Messiah and, and his word? And I would think that part of what Satan would want to do would be try to pigeonhole that proclamation so that people feel like they're maybe proclaiming that, but in reality, they're not talking about the whole of life, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because people take the Bible out of context all the time. And, you know, they read passages where they say, well, all you got to do is confess with your mouth. And so people confess with their mouth that Jesus is king. Okay, I'm a believer because I did it. We're formulaic like that. Mm -hmm. We, we, We like formulas. And, you know, or they say, believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Well, I believe on him. Well, we're going to see next week on the radio that Simon the Magician believed on him, too, and he wasn't a believer. Uh, he was baptized. He wasn't a believer. Maybe you've been baptized. Maybe you've made a profession. Maybe you raised a hand. Maybe you walked an aisle. Maybe you've gone on a mission trip. Maybe you've given money to the church. Maybe you've sat in church your entire life, and you don't know Jesus. And you go, yeah, but I know, I know I've read my Bible. I, I, I do all these things. But do you know him? Do you really know him? Do you follow him? Do you uh, obey him? Um, if you don't obey him, you, first of all, how can you obey him if you don't know him? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people treat Jesus like uh, it's kind of like if they were if you got married, and after you got married. You saw your wife every day, but you never talked to her. 
We may say hi in the morning, hi at night, but that's it. There's no relationship. There's no connection. Do you really know your wife? And that's what a lot of people do in their spiritual life. They go and they hear other people talk about God, talk about his word. They never go into God's word on their own. They never are fed by God's word. And so anyway, um, if you don't know him, here's the thing. God created you and me for a relationship with him. One where we acknowledge our need. We acknowledge that we're sinful. We, that means that we are selfish, self-led. We rebel against his leadership. And because of that, we deserve death. But because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can be forgiven and have eternal life with the Father. That means we, we don't die. We live forever in relationship with him because of what Jesus did. The Bible says to, uh, to get that, to receive that, we have faith. We trust that what he said is true, what he did was true, and we believe in Jesus as Messiah. He's king and he's savior. And we say we want to receive you. We want you to give us new birth, give us a new heart, change us from the inside out, and we're yours. And the Bible says if you do that, he'll do that. If you if you give him your heart, he'll change it. You you relinquish it to him and trust him. So uh, if you're out there and you've not done that, maybe you've prayed a prayer, but you've never really done that, you can do that today. Hey, uh, don't let another day go by without doing that. And, and my prayer is that God would hear your prayer and send his spirit into you. Uh, I know we got to get off two quick things. One, happy birthday to my nephew, Andrew. Hey. He's 16 years old today. Happy birthday, Andrew. And then, guys, uh, we have a the Strongman Rally coming up in October, first Saturday in October, or maybe a second Saturday in October. I'm speaking at it. I don't even know. i got to do that. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow, and I'll tell you when it is. But it's going to be at the uh, Blue Bayou Blueberry Farm out on Long Branch Road in Jacksonville. Love for you to join us there. Uh, we'll be there all day speaking, trying to encourage me. On October 9th. 2021 starts at 4 p.m. actually awesome well that is all the time we have for today you've been listening to swat radio join us tomorrow three o'clock for more we will see you then thanks for tuning in if you missed a swat radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety then go to SWATRadio.com. click on past shows where you can listen to the broadcast Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 